Welcome to another episode of Women of Many Heads. This is a community of women who believe in empowerment of each other through finding your purpose and zooming into the different heads that we all wear on a daily basis. Whether you're building a, co- a career or you're building a business, we all have so many other roles that are at the core of who we are. As a community of women, we believe in celebrating progress in the little wins and because there's no such thing as balancing it all let's rather share our journeys towards being and i believe that by sharing our different journeys and diff- and the different challenges or the ups and downs that we've all been through we're able to get inspired and do better in today's episode i'm not alone i have lerato uh, lerato malesa who's my guest today a phenomenal woman that I met a couple of years ago through fate, um, through the two of us meeting on LinkedIn. Um, and today she's one of the ladies that I really hold close to my heart. She's inspirational. She's a powerhouse. And she is Lerato Malesa. Welcome, Lerato. Thanks, Yodi. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so... Tell me, do you still remember how we met? <laughs> I actually do. You just reminded me. <laughs> I, I do. I remember it was on LinkedIn and you invited me to a seminar or something or yeah. business presentation and I came through and that's how we met. Yeah, and it was literally like we've always we we knew each other for a long time. Yep. Ah, oh, okay. Ah, time has flown from there to where we are now. So, because I know a bit about you um, and the listeners may not, how about you just introduce yourself in who is Larato? Okay. Um, sure. I feel like I'm being interviewed for a job. No, it's not that. I'm used to being on the other side. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I grew up, I'm, I'm Betty. I'm, uh, my family is from Polokwane. I grew up in Tembisa. Um, currently stay in Midrand and I am a recruiter um, for one of the big banks. Mm. So how did how did Lerato grow up? Um, what's like the most memorable thing from your childhood or your teen years as, as a little girl growing up in Tembisa? Sure, okay. <laughs> when I was a kid, I think my most memorable um, thing that I can remember is having to follow my aunt around. Um, apparently, I used to run after her. This is my mom's younger sister. Um, apparently, mm. I used to run after her when she goes to school. I used to want to go with her. I remember going with her to choir practice. I was probably three, two, three, four years old at the time. Um, and I used to love the ice cream van. Um, so I'd hear it from streets away. And I'd go crazy every time I heard that sound. So, yeah, I, I think I had a very good childhood. Mm. Um, I was just a proper child. I think yeah. in my teen years, uh, though, I still think, you know, I was quite reserved as a teenager. Um, and I feel mm. I missed out on that, you know, township growing up, being in the streets. Because I was a homebody. Um, I still am. And I think for a child, for a teenager it was good and bad so yeah i grew up very 
um, secluded and also I guess maybe the other thing was that I grew up with very strict parents so I was not really allowed to do much but yeah that's, mm. that's my childhood in a nutshell Oh, that sounds amazing. And it sounds like a lot of us because I think um, our parents did their best to shield us from what was out there. So rather than missing out, um, it's not a bad thing because we, we have the rest of our lives to explore. Um, and how did you how did you decide on the career Ooh, path that I you didn't. took? <laughs> Faith did. Um, so I actually... After matric, I wanted to study in matric. I wanted to study marketing, and my mom, being uh, old school, she didn't understand what that is. She's like, "What the hell is that?" So she thought, mm. "No, because you good mm. in accounting, go study, become accounting," which is what I registered after matric. But I hated it, so I dropped out in my second year. Uh, it was the end of my second year, and mm-hmm. uh, ended up. I well, I think I was just trying out everything. Um, so she then like. Uh, steered me towards a career in nursing because she's a nurse and I got into that I got a government bursary <laughs> so I got into nursing did two years and after two years I was like no but I this is not me I felt like I was being limited um, with all due respect to the profession mm. uh, then I was looking for a job I want I knew I wanted to get into corporate so I was I, I used to like imagine myself wearing mm. uh formal suits and heels and, and I couldn't do that in nursing. Yeah, like a boss yeah. baby. So I had visions <laughs> in my head. Um and I decided I was gonna look for a job in, in corporate and I didn't even care at the time whether it was being a typist or being a receptionist or being a coffee lady, I didn't care what it was. I just knew that I believed in myself and I knew that I would work my way up regardless of where I start. So, and that's mm. how uh, recruitment mm. came in. I I think I I registered my CV on job portals or something and a, an internal recruiter for one of the big um, recruitment companies in, in the country um, actually gave me a call. To this day, I still don't know why he called me because I don't think I meet the criteria that they normally look for. Um, I guess you could call it divine intervention Mm. or whatever. Um, So he called me and uh, told me that they've got an opportunity. I didn't really know much about recruitment. I didn't even know it was a profession, actually. Um, Yeah, so he actually told me about an admin position. So he said they're looking for an administrator. And I was like, sure, I'm interested. And um, I had to do a couple of online tests. And then I got a call from uh, the branch manager. It was in the Pretoria branch, Mendlin branch. And she had a basically a telephone interview with me. And then she said, I like you. I want, I'd like to meet with you. But before that, there's more tests to do. So it was like psychometric tests and stuff. So I did that. And um, I was mm. so eager. I did them the same day. And then uh, she gave me a call the same day and said, can you come through to our offices for an interview tomorrow? And I went there, met with her and a team lead. Um, and the same day, I think later in the afternoon, they called me and said, uh, no, I think it was the following day, they called me and said I should come in for a second interview. Uh, I came in for a second interview. And after that, she called me that later that day to tell me that um, she actually likes me. She doesn't think... 
Uh, she wants me in the admin position that she had in mind. I think it was a branch secretary that was the title. Um, and I thought maybe, okay, if it's not a branch secretary, then I guess it would be like a receptionist. So she said, no, but I want you to go straight into yeah. a recruiter role. And because she believed in me, she be- she said she loved my personality. So that's how I got into recruitment. Then I got trained and I did well. And I've been in the industry for, what I think it's eight years now. Wow. That's a beautiful way to start. And I think two things stand out for me um, when, you, when you're taking us back. Um, the first thing being the fact that you had to drop out of two qualifications, but it didn't hold you down. It didn't make you feel like you failed. You've always seemed so tenacious and, you know, you, you go for what you want. You dust yourself up and, you know, you keep it moving. Where do you think you got that from? <laughs> I don't know. Probably a bit of it from my mom. Um, she didn't drop out of any qualification. My mom has four qualifications, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, mm. I think, you know, it, it's an innate thing. I, I believe that... I think one of the things is that I believe that I've got the power to do whatever I want to do. And it's always something, even when yeah. I've hit rock bottom in my life... Um, I've always believed that it's not up to somebody else to get me out of that that rut. It's up to me. Um, so, mm. yeah, I've always That's believed powerful. that it's not anyone. I could go for counseling. I could talk to a million people. But if I'm not mentally um, prepared to get myself out of there, then I'm not going to... None of that is going to have an impact. So I I knew when I dropped out of nursing that... I've dropped out of my um, BCom accounting degree. I've, I'm now dropping out of nursing. By the way, my family did not know because I initially I'd spoken to them about it and they were against it. I remember my mom had to get somebody else, um, yeah. a counselor from her work to intervene to convince me to stay on. So this was probably in my second, the beginning of my second year in nursing and I stayed on for another year. Um, mm. But towards the end, I realized that, you know what, this is, not what I want to do. I'm going to be miserable if I waste any more time in this field. So I need to get out, do what I want to do, but I needed to remind myself that I can't fail. <laughs> I can't fail because then I don't want them to say, but you know, you left nursing, which was a government bursary, you were getting um, a salary, mm. you were getting benefits, it was, you know, it's job security. Um, so when I got into corporate, I told myself that I can't fail. Whatever happens, I cannot fail. So that pushed me through, um, especially for the first mm. three months, because anybody who knows uh, the company at VTech uh, would tell you that it's it's very performance-driven environment. It's pressurized and you are dealing with targets on a daily basis. It's, you know, a lot of people struggle there. And, and I remember that they used to celebrate as if you stay for six months. Uh, so, yeah, they used to, it was actually wow. a big thing uh, where you'd even go to head office and meet with, I think it was the C- COO of the company because it was, it, you know, they knew that out of people that joined, probably out of 10 people that joined, only uh, four would, you know, would survive up to six months. So, yeah, the first three months went wow. tough because I remember there was a time where I was just crying every day when I went home. But I told myself that I can't give up. Uh, and 
six months later i was doing well i was comfortable so yeah it, it's just i think it's an innate thing that i have that i can't i cannot give up or i cannot um place the responsibility of getting myself where i want to be on somebody else or anything else mm. That's that's amazing, and I think the other thing that I'm I'm loving about what's coming out is the fact that you've always been headstrong, and you've always known that it's not the end. You know, when I when I hit a brick wall, it does it. Sometimes it just means that I have to take another turn yeah. or take another direction, put in new coordinates into into my GPS. But you know, I'm still going somewhere, and the passion is not. It's not going down, even in the in the midst of challenges. How important is is mental mental wellness to you, and also what keeps you grounded? Like, um, is what 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 do you believe in um, in terms of your spirituality that you would say gives you this strength when you're going through adversity? Um, I think spirituality is always an interesting topic um, to talk about. I come from a very staunch Christian family um, and I did grow up mm. going to church in, in like early years of primary school. I was in Sunday school because I lived with my grandmother for a couple of years and she goes to ZCC. So I used to go to Sunday school at ZCC um, and then I grew up and went to mm. different churches. But as I became an adult, I started to question certain things. I think a lot of us go through that phase. Um, and I can mm. say now, you know, at my age, and, and, and I think I'm quite comfortable in saying that I do believe in God. I believe in a higher power. Um, but I also do acknowledge yes. uh, the role played by my ancestors. So I'm a firm believer in that as well. Um, so mm. it's it, it's always something okay. that I believe, uh, you know, I believe everybody needs an anchor. That's why I I don't criticize anybody that, yeah. believe, that believes in a certain religion um, or a certain belief. Yeah. Because I believe we all need an anchor. Uh, for me, my anchor is God and, um, and my ancestors. Uh, that's kept me, uh, you know, sane and also believing that, God and my ancestors wants what's best for me. So even if things are bad, I just have yeah. an innate belief that no, that's not how my life is going to pan out. That's that's not the end of it, you know. And and I've learned over the years yeah. to come down and ask myself, what is it that I need to learn from this moment or from this situation? Um, because I think sometimes we get so caught up in mm. life. Um, you know, we busy, we on social media, we working, we come home, we have to be moms or wives or whatever, and we have friends and we just don't get quiet time to sort of, uh, you know, um, be, yeah, be still be and still. be with yourself. So I think sometimes certain things happen mm. because we need to be still. Um, and that's what I believe happened especially with me two years ago where I needed to be still and to remember um, to get in touch with with that spiritual side that I'm talking about and to also appreciate the things mm. that I had because uh, to be honest with you I felt like oh I didn't feel like but I guess I, I didn't um, appreciate 
a lot of the things that have happened in my life or the lot a lot of the blessings that I had in my life because kind of everything came a little easy for me um and I took it for granted and all some of the stuff I I believed it was me you know I I didn't believe there was you know I didn't think it was God or ancestors or anything I just believed it was me it was my own wisdom and knowledge and power power so I think I needed time to come down and acknowledge these forces that are in my life um that helped me through certain things because that time made me realize look back on my life and realize that there were moments where you know things happened and I couldn't explain or things happened that you know you know when you're in a situation where you know like let me give an example with a job that you go for an interview and you know very mm. well that there's people that are much more qualified than you there's people that are more experienced than you and somehow you still get the job and you realize that personally i believe that it's not just me um i could have done well in the interview but i still believe that mm. there's another force that um has chosen yeah that's chosen Thank that part you. for me mm. um, because if it was just up to up to me i really don't think some of the things would have happened the way they did there's things well in i'm like you know um how how on earth did this happen how could i be so lucky yeah so i think <laughs> i i always go back to mm. that spiritual now i go back to that you know understanding that some things are beyond me and because they're beyond me um it means that i need to appreciate that i need to remember that and i need to understand why why i'm being um steered in that direction because i believe everything that we do has a purpose so there is a reason why you're being steered in a certain direction mm-hmm. there is a reason why you are being removed from certain situations um it's just that when the, when it does happen it it's devastating if it's not something that you wanted so yeah something that you planned because we're such planners right i think that is so powerful um and i think we've all i i always call call it the turning moment um and i i've i've also experienced it um where things just happened that you can't explain but those are the moments that will always anchor the turning point of your life and i think um before we even go deeper into that part um how many how many hats could you say Larato is wearing So I know we're explaining your background now and that you are a recruiter but what else is Larato into how um, many hats are you business. wearing uh, we actually um so I've I've also been in the recruitment business I started a recruitment business uh, that didn't really work out so mm. I went back into corporate space um I'm in I'm starting a business with a friend I'd like to not uh, divulge the info now um but we also starting another business uh it's i think covid kind of put a bit of breaks on that but we keep you know having our virtual meetings and and making plans to move forward once the the lockdown regulations have been lifted um and also i am a mo- I'm, i'm a mentor i'm a mentor i've got a couple of mentees um mm-hmm. i <laughs> yeah, I'm in a relationship with a wonderful man. Uh and I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm an aunt. Uh yeah, that's I think that's the hats that I'm wearing. 
No, sounds good. Um, so take us take us back to um, what would you say was the biggest highlight of your career so far, and what was the biggest obstacle that you faced of of your life so Oof. far? Jesus. Okay. Um, sure. I think I've had quite a few things that were highlights in my life, but I guess the recent one um, is. When I got my current job, um, I was told on the first day of starting that I would be um, trained into a manager. So for me, uh, I mm. felt like that was confirmation of what I've always believed. I've always believed that I'm a leader um, and I've kind of mm. always um, showcased those skills in other aspects in, in whether it was in the work environment whether it's in my personal life with the people that I'm with I've, I've always believed that it, it always came through you know if people in my personal life can tell you the same mm. thing uh, so it was sort of I felt like it was coming full circle it was a confirmation of everything that I've known and everything that I've done and it was also a show of confidence in me that really you know made me feel good about myself so that's one of my hype girl on the, on the first day. day on the first day you're being told you're about yep. to go to the next level yep. that is just anointing it is that's just faith so i was very excited about it and the biggest and the biggest obstacle um, you've overcome the biggest obstacle I've overcome and, and I still feel that I am still overcoming it. Um, it's not, it's, it's getting rid of myself of feelings of unworthiness. I think sometimes we get into, um, spaces and we are meek or we, you know, hold ourselves back because we don't feel worthy of being there. So I used to have, you know, as much as I, people will tell you that I'm a confident person. I used to actually battle with insecurities yep. internally um, about mm. feeling worthy mm. because I, I, I guess it also came from when I started in in the industry, the people that I was, um, I'd started with would be people that had, you know, degrees, honors degrees, some of them, some even master's degrees. Mm. So I felt unworthy of being there. I felt like, how did I get here? You know? Um, and it was something mm. that I've had to kind of deal with and understand that there's something, there's definitely something that I'm doing right for me to be able to be in yes. that same space. And, um, and yes, and I've actually do well in facing insecurities and not trying to ignore them. Um, because I feel like if you ignore them, they crop up somewhere. So uh, and for me to deal with that, I decided to go back to school and study. Um, I'm actually doing my final year now. Um, so it was, yeah, it was something that uh, I had to deal with. It was something that I had to face and understand why, where it, where it was coming from. Uh, and now I look mm -hmm. at my life and I say, I deserve to be here. I've worked hard. I've, I've earned my stripes. I mean, gosh, my industry is small and Every, people know people you know each other in the industry and even my current role I got the job because somebody referred me that used to work with me before so that also speaks of yeah. the person that I am 
So yeah, I've I've had to actually yeah. deal with that, and I, I still am because I still feel that you know sometimes once in a while those insecurities pop up. Mm. It creeps in. I think we all suffer from imposter syndrome. There's no person that I've ever spoken to that doesn't go through that as a woman, um, as a young person, and because of various different reasons. I love, 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 love the fact that you did something about finding out what was at the root cause of of this issue because um i mean when i joined when i joined a big corporate um the previous bank i worked with um i used to realize that you know um we all get told the same story you know finish high school go to tertiary get your qualification start your career and i think once we now adults we realize that oh not everyone follows the same route but i think it takes a very strong person to realize that the fact that i didn't complete my studies or the fact that i am working i am a manager but i still don't have that degree it's actually bothering me and that then gets um shown in different ways you know you, your insecurities is is being uh, sometimes projected on other people and i i can't imagine it for you being this thing being easy because you are a recruiter you you literally vet people on their qualifications you vet people on their experience you you vet people you're the first point of contact to validate if someone is worthy for the position and i think you doing that and feeling insecure about yourself in light of qualifications etc must have been a very conflict um situation to deal with internally and i'm glad that you were able to to get over it and and you know make something out of yourself i love the fact that you 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 take any challenge head on and you like i'm going to fix this so yeah. i can move on and become better so let's talk about um the 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 the, the career of recruiting and let's talk about some of those tips that now people are in covid-19 we in lockdown people are insecure about their jobs people are, are looking to make different moves in their career because they're like Mm-mm, maybe my company is not doing well or things are starting to get shaky you know and people panic and they start sending CVs around and they start now going crazy what would you say is the first step um during this time for somebody who says you know what i i need to look for another job or i'm tired of being unemployed. Whew, okay. Um I think the first thing is building a network because I think we take for granted how important um a network is. You know, a lot of us get jobs. I mm. like I mentioned my current job was a referral. My two previous jobs were yeah, my Me too. jobs were referrals. So Me too. <laughs> it's important that you you build a network of people. But also, I think the the most important thing for you to actually have a network that refers you to opportunities is because you need to prove to them that you're worthy. Because nobody wants to prefer to refer someone who's going to go there. Exactly. A slacker. So you need to be worthy of that referral. Um, so first thing is to perform your job to the best of your ability, wherever you are. Give it a hundred percent. Always try. Even when even when things are difficult, even when, even when you don't feel like it, like I even when you're over like, it, even in the most difficult situation, think of it like this: that you're not doing it for them, um, because having a negative attitude is not you like it won't help you. So you're not doing it for them; you're doing it for yourself. Mm. And remember that in every job that you in, you're going to need a reference from that 
that job so it doesn't help you to be negative mm. and to you know in to rebel um so i would advise you to i would advise people to mm. um give it 100% wherever they are and then start building networks so start building networks in the mm. industry that you are in or in the industry that you want to go into um and a li- and linkedin is a great place to start because you don't need to personally know someone to start building a relationship with them so exactly hello you we know? are here me and we you yeah yeah with things like linkedin um social media for me yeah. um as much as social media is you know about posting i i i love cooking so i post a lot of um like my cooking yeah food and food uh, my travels when when i'm traveling and you know just random pictures and whatnot but it is still something that i also use to highlight what i do um and i think anybody that's friends mm. with me on facebook knows exactly what i do so i talk about because it. you talk about it yes so you it, give advice like, so people associate that with me so imagine if there was somebody on my facebook um and that was in a in a senior manager um position and they were looking for a recruiter and i happened to mention on my facebook that i've been retrenched or i'm not i'm out of a job or i'm on the job market do you think that person will not mm. let me know that look there's an opportunity in this place or even if they're not in a senior manager role but they might know of an opportunity that fits me in their company so things like yeah. so a lot of people don't yeah. are afraid of talking about what they do so they don't, don't know what what this person exactly they don't marry example, i'm a recruiter i i i recruit it right and i'm i'm quite sure that yeah. there's people on my facebook a lot of people on my facebook that are it um but i don't know but i don't know because they don't talk about it um mm. but the people that yes do, yeah they're the only there for the do, jokes um i've spoken to them and i know exactly what they do and if there's an opportunity like recently there's somebody that is on my facebook actually we went to the same high school um and and i was like hey mm. listen i am actually looking for this for a person with your type of skills so send me your cv so things like that so let people know what mm. you do be open about it be proud of it and people want to see passion um if i'm hiring i'd want to hire somebody that seems to have a passion for what they do um so and and you need to show that the only way to do that is when you talk about it when you get in, into discussions about it uh, yep when you share tips about what you what you know um and also just avoid being negative and even if it's not about your your job um but just being negative in general because people don't want to work with people with a negative attitude mm. i know negative people put me off so Yeah. They br- they bring you down. That is so true, Lerato. And I think there's been a quite a few incidents recently on social media where a certain lady who entered Miss SA, um, there was a her being dragged down for things she used to do on social media. There's also people that have been investigated in their private lives and it impacted their yes. their career prospects. How important. Is it true first of all that recruiters you stalk us on social media? Let's just get that one straight. <laughs> uh, 
yes we do um we we definitely do because it, you know social media gives us an idea of of the type of person you are personally i don't really go on mm. facebook or, or instagram or whatever i usually use linkedin to stalk people like that's my stalking tool every mm. day um so and and on linkedin i know a lot of people don't actually talk on linkedin but that's also not a great thing so it's i'm i'm trying to check what do you comment on what and how do you engage with people what are you interested in um and i know that there's quite a few managers um that do that for people that they're interested in so they go and check what is it that are you really passionate about this thing that you do is it just a 9 to 5 that you know gives you a salary at the end of the month or is it a passion um so it, we definitely mm. check so it does impact so if you fighting with people on social media you are you know risking the chances of you losing out on opportunities um if you are negative um if you engaging in a if you hostile or yeah if you hostile like in run yeah with engagement with people then yeah it's gonna haunt you and i know that some companies actually do run i know when i was in a recruitment agency that some companies would actually request for certain positions um they would request a a a social media um background check yeah and that's and the companies are able to do that even if my profile is private um, no well I, i haven't done it in a couple of years but when we were trying to do it then it would show us your where you commented in a public um page so for example i'll give you an example where oh i see uh, let's say you comment on a e news page on instagram or Or, yeah or on a website Facebook. yes public page so we'll pick up the comments so if you bang the okay. head you find yeah. we going to see that mm. yeah that's a total so. that's a that's very that's very interesting and i think sometimes we think these things are threats or they are they are um, just people trying to scare you and i think even with a young generation growing up in social media at least you know we had to adopt to social yeah. media it found us here but with the young ones now that are like currently in tertiary they are doing their graduate programs they're looking for jobs i don't think they marry the two and everything you've explained for the past few minutes got to do with your personal brand and who you are as lerato who cooks who you are as lerato who loves traveling who you are as lerato the recruiter who you are as lerato who understands and specializes in it talent all of those things have yes. to be married online it cannot be you wear different masks and you wear different hats but they are conflicting each other you need to find a way to marry all of it because that is your personal brand and i think another thing that people need to understand that i mean i'm in digital you know and i'm quite passionate about you know content and i always say to people not having content i was actually talking mm-hmm. to my husband about this because we were talking about um his linkedin and i said sometimes even not saying anything is not right you cannot have a linkedin profile that's sitting there dormant j like a cv that's inside a box you will only rip it out one day when you feel like okay now people must talk to me because you need to create a footprint a digital footprint on linkedin so that people know you are alive you have something to say you show thought leadership and i've i've seen how young kids mm-hmm. these woke ones you know um they they will say 
I have a marketing degree or I have a legal degree, but I'm still looking for a job. So what they do, they kind of do research and just like start posting on LinkedIn about certain topics. So now it's COVID-19. There is arguments about alcohol. There's arguments about going back to school. So people like that, they take that topic and say, okay, from a legal point of view, these are things that people need to consider. Yes, I might I might be unemployed, but I've got data. So instead of posing and looking cute on Instagram the whole day, do something constructive to show that you have studied, you know something about your profession, and then yes. you stand out. And and also, like that's, those are great points. And, and I need to add on that, um, that you know, the best opportunity comes from the ones that you don't actively go looking for. Uh, because you stand yep. a better chance of negotiating the kind of package that you want. So I've, I've seen people negotiate for shares um, because, you know, um, you were approached because somebody likes something. They, you know, by the time somebody approaches you and says, hey, listen, I think you'd be good for a role that I've got available in my team. They've been following you for a while and they've seen how you interact or they've seen what you yep. comment or what you post and they realize that this is the type of person and they probably made that decision before there was even a position available by the time that position came up they had you in mind wow honestly um it, it really mm. does happen like that so i i feel that you know it's, it's important for me um i'll give an example of another i remember a time where that really was proven to me um one of the companies that i've worked for was a was a software development company from from um australia and i got an email i remember you know checking my emails on linkedin and i got an email from a recruiter in sydney in australia and she went you know you know it was a proper to say that this person really properly went through my profile she's like i see that you're interested in this i see that you comment you comment on this or you post this that shows me that you're passionate about this you know and for me up until that point it wasn't done intentionally i wasn't doing it intentionally to say i'm trying to get this type of attention or i'm trying to build a profile it was just things that i did because <laughs> because i yeah uh, yeah passion I, I just, enjoy engaging on social media like that so when she said that i was like hey so these people actually do look at this and that's how i got i got that job because i was the mm. first and i wouldn't have known about the opportunity had she not told me about it so uh, yeah it's really important yeah. that people focus on that um marry the the what they do um what they what they earn an income from to what they do outside of work uh, and also to understand mm. that you can't just you know start wanting to engage when you are on the job market um i believe in energy yeah. i believe that you know when when your energy is positive it attracts positivity and the same can be said when it's negative and yeah. when you are looking for a job and you are desperate wow and the desperation is a negative is a negative mm. emotion negative right negative yeah. actually repelling you are, so you are repelling you are the job you are going to repel it so when you are doing it so if you've been even in this times of COVID-19 and, and I would know this because we are hiring people even now um, so even in this times where people are not getting jobs, people are struggling and people are going to struggle for a few months. If you've been building the ground, the, the, you know, the blocks 
since before this, you would be fine. You'd still be fine. Um, and even if you were to lose your job, you'd probably be able to secure another position because you've built the blocks. Not somebody that now suddenly wants to start using, they're logging into LinkedIn for the first time in two years. You know? Yeah. Man. For the first time, and they suddenly <laughs> want to like everything all at once. Uh, so there is no history. People don't know Ooh. you. And because it takes time to build that type of relationship, mm. it takes time for people to want to yeah. engage you. Um, so it's something that I think people need to do even now, even if you're not on the job market, start building your brand before you need it, before you need those connections. Wow. That is so powerful because um, I was listening to a podcast and they were interviewing Ubusi, one of our ladies from Women of Many Heads. And the topic that she led was disrupt yourself yep. before you are disrupted by external forces. She was saying the power of self-disrupt and she was taking us through a journey of how she actually left corporate to go and sell her business, which is tea, and how then she had to learn everything when she was out of yeah. corporate because you think you know. You know, and I think our community of ladies is all about um, let's run our businesses, let's hustle. You know that I'm a big advocate of having mm-hmm. multiple streams of income. Um, let's make money. Let's not just look at the nine to five. Let's love the nine to five. Let's do our absolute best. But let's also try to build wealth. And when you build a wealth, you're building wealth. You can't just be relying on a salary. Um, and I think sometimes we sit in a bubble of comfort and we think we know it all and we think we we are professionals. And when you step out of that space, yeah, corporate, and you go into your own or hopefully or, or, or unfortunately something like you losing your job mm-hmm. unexpectedly happens. We all know it's a different yeah. ball yeah. game. Um, I, I think also... I, I guess the other thing that people need to be aware of is that when you are building that brand, you're not building it just for um, getting another job. I Because I feel like opportunities open. Um, I mean, how you and I met had nothing to do with me being a recruiter. So somebody else could open you yep. up to another opportunity that you didn't know, you were not aware of because they liked your personality or they liked you know the the brand that they saw on whether it's linkedin or facebook or whatever somebody says hey listen there's this opportunity and they're looking for people that are um ambitious and you know uh, able to communicate with people etc uh, and you get opened up to those opportunities or you mm. decide that eventually you want to leave corporate and do something already people so you've already got a reputation behind you people know that this person is ethical this person is um you know uh like driven this person oh, right. is 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 honest they you know all of those positive um attributes so it helps you so you don't have to now start where people are like uh, who are you can i trust you with my money already people on already they know that okay i know this person they feel comfortable with you i know personally even when i've done yeah. um other stuff or even when I've, I've, I'm doing different things from what I do, my side hustles or getting involved with other um, non-profit stuff that, you know, there's already a trust aspect from people that know me from my social media. 
um so it's not that i now they're like mm. oh, uh, uh, can i trust her can you know is this the kind of person that you would you know if invest even your time in so already there's an expectation from people that i expect yeah. her to be professional i expect her to be ethical like for some reason people have already or let me not say for some reason because then it sounds like i'm putting it to chance but it it was probably because of the things that i've done or the things that i post that people have already created a, you have a track a, record you know a characteristic yeah of, of perception a character that they they believe in so look at it from the fact that it's not just a yeah. job it could be it could be opening you up no. to other opportunities that you never thought of that that's that's also powerful Lorato. but i think we must also um I mean, we had this discussion offline some other time ago about, yes, you're building the brand online, you're doing all of these things, you're hustling, you are wearing many hats, you are brilliant, you are mm-hmm. doing all the things, right? But I think when you're in a corporate situation, I've been through it. Um, and I think we've spoken about your experience with it as well, that you need to also be guarded and you also need to understand that as much as you are out there and you are transparent, don't be um, naive about certain aspects of like you running a business while yeah. you are at work. You know, um, I think I, I had a conversation with, 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 with you about the fact that when you work, especially in a big organization, you need to, first of all, like declare mm-hmm. when you are running a business. Those are the things that sometimes when you are get, getting recruited, yeah. you don't know about that. When you start working, no one tells you about it. Next thing, you are busy there selling Avon or you are busy there saying, you know what, I'm going to start a, a, a tax shop quickly at my grandmother's house. I'm going to quickly go there, use my car as a transport for Abantuana, Beskolo. But sometimes in companies, we don't realize that there's certain terms and conditions that apply. You need to declare, you need to be transparent about if you've got extra income. Yeah. For certain companies, it's a big thing. Um, if you do anything that's in conflict with your job, sometimes you can even risk losing your job. But also on the other side, energy and people and perception, you must also balance it out where people at work don't know you more about your business than they know you about the job that you do. Because don't, you don't want people having a perception that, you know, your job is just in J, a thing but you actually want to be running yeah. this so, tech shop. Um, yeah, that those are really important because, uh, it, you know, it it could, you know, plunge you out of, out of your comfortable job before you're even ready to make that move. So I think it is important um, to declare to your company, maybe even have a conversation with someone. I think, um, especially if you're working in a big organization, there's people that you can talk to, whether it's HR or it's legal. There's always somebody that you can talk to about, listen, this is what I'm getting into. Do I need to declare this? Um, and or is would this be allowed? What is it that I need to do? Um, just to make sure that you protect yourself. Because mm. sometimes what you're doing could be considered by the business as um as conflict of interest, which then conflict. is a huge thing, uh, which you could definitely get dismissed for so i think that is important um and also what you mentioned about energies you need to understand that you know um not you know not everybody wants the best for you or not everybody wants to see you doing well and sometimes people not everybody wants yeah, to see you like securing the bag or multiple bags people <laughs> are jealous of the fact that you're doing something that they're not you know how many people actually want to have a second income or a third or a fourth um and they 
not doing it for whatever reason they're just giving themselves excuses and then now you go and do it and they feel inadequate so given the opportunity they'd want you to you know to not make them feel inadequate so you need to understand that i don't think it's something that you need to concentrate on but i think you need to be aware of it um i personally my thing about work is that i build relationships at work professional relationships i don't believe i go to work to make friends that's that's something that i believe in that i mm. i i have to deal with people in a professional way and i need to uh, maintain good relationships but i the people don't need to know about what's happening in my personal life so that is important to me i share as much as i you know as little mm-hmm. as possible for me and and that's just me i'm guided in that way that i share as little as possible i mean i see with my current boss that she's very open and she she wants everybody to be open and talk about what's happening and so i share limited information because i still feel like my personal life should be my personal life and because we come from different um walks of life it's it's possible that somebody could judge you on something that's personal mm-hmm. and then it gets used in your job um so there's an in, you know, a bias because we all have biases based on our based on our upbringing and our experiences and our beliefs so um so i try and remove that like you know what i mentioned to you that i do believe in I acknowledge my ancestors it's something mm. that i don't talk about at work because i've I, i've walked into the team and realized that pretty much everybody is and christian understand um and i and i know from experience yeah i know from experience that a lot of people don't believe in it and have their own negative connotations yeah. to it so i'd rather not talk about it yeah so i'd rather not talk it's about personal it. to you it's your it's business you know it's a personal thing okay yeah. i mean oh my gosh yep. time is gone we've shared so much um but i think just in closing lerato what are the three most um disturbing things that you come across as a recruiter in terms of mistakes that people make whether it be in their cv whether it be in the interview whether it be like what are the top three things that always let people down in terms of when they're looking for a job Okay so um the first one I guess this even starts I, I'm going to start with it because it starts before you even start looking for a job is people get comfortable sorry um people get comfortable where they mm. are so they don't learn new skills um they master what they do which is fine uh but then you go into the market you realize that what you know is actually mm. 25% of what's required to get you to the next level. So I always say open yourself up to learning, um upskill, take advantage of the fact that I I think a lot of companies offer training or offer uh financial support for you to study further. Use it. Um so and and now with technology being in the picture, every single one of us is going to need some level yep. of technical or skills. digital. No matter what you do, even with me as a recruiter there's something. Yeah, there's something that I'm going to need. Uh, for example, I I'm a recruiter. That means that most of my recruitment like now yep. I see it because everything is done online now. So that means that I need to have a level Social of media. digital mm. um marketing skills. you know um and maybe at some point i might need some you know basic coding skills for me to be able to manage databases mm. and and etc so first thing people get comfortable so try and learn new skills try and upskill yourself 
um, open yourself up to more than just what your everyday duties are. Um, understand what, you know, understand your industry. So we ask, um, one of my hiring managers actually likes asking this question in, in the interview. So they'd ask somebody that is currently working for us or currently working in another bank and they'd say, um, who, are, who are the top three um, competitors other than the big banks? Wow. And, and they have IT. no idea. Or what are the challenges? And you are in IT at that time. You know me? that tech startups are everywhere. Exactly. So you, why wouldn't you know that uh, the likes of Discovery, the likes of Time Bank, the likes of Capitech, uh, you know, um, coming for the big banks? So things like that. Oh, what is the what are the biggest challenges facing the industry? Uh, so you know you need to understand. So that kind of tells the manager that you think broader than yeah. what you do on an everyday basis. Uh, the second one that I can mention is, I guess, in terms of the actual um, CV. So you people don't put effort into it, um, or you'll find somebody that uh, used say Calibri when they started their CV when they did their CV now they've been in the same job for three years they haven't looked for a job so now when they go update their current role they use a different font and it just looks untidy formatting um, um, like I said I mentioned yeah like I mentioned earlier yeah, that you know people have we have unconscious biases somebody looks at that and thinks oh this person Inco- is tight or inconsistent or, this person is disorganized um <laughs> Or inconsistent. So you see, like now there's different. I might look at it as being unprofessional. The next person looks at it looks at it as being inconsistent, and they don't want somebody like that in their team. So understand that it the small details matter as well. And your CV is not just that word document that you send to recruiters. It's also your LinkedIn. Um, it's also your social media. If if you're in an industry where a social media mm. would be very important to the to the company, um, I'm assuming if you like, for example, if you in your space, they'd want to know. You know, they'd want to go yep. to your social media and see what you're about. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I things like that. So you need to understand that that's your CV as well. Um, and the third thing, uh, I guess this usually comes into mm. interviews, is lack of preparation. Um, preparation is understanding what the job um, uh, what the job requires and you matching your current skills with those requirements um, because you need to be able to answer questions related to the job so we want to see because the, the interview is about wanting to mm-hmm. see if you will be able to do the job um, it's, we don't really uh, it's not really focused on what you've done or what you're currently doing it's can you do what we want you to do um so you need to prove that to us you need to prove that to us because we don't know we don't sit with you in your job where you are so you need to tell us in that interview that this is what i do or this is because sometimes you might not do the exact thing but it's related so we Mm. see that okay maybe you don't um what can i give an example with maybe you don't you don't uh, deal with you know you don't deal with external customers but maybe in your business you are dealing with different departments you have to liaise with different departments those are customers as well and you don't see it as customers because these are your colleagues right so but we realize that okay you've got that experience of dealing with 
other mm. people that are not in your immediate team uh so it's it's the preparation and also like preparation also includes how to conduct yourself in the interviews a lot of people lose it because they come into an interview they're fidgety they too shy or they are too or come across too negative making excuses for everything that's gone wrong in their lives or or they um, oversell they, themselves like, or they, you know, they oversell the themselves and talk about how smart yeah, they, they are the whole time <laughs> Yes, like, oh, my team was, um, uh, the team before me, they were not doing well. I came in and I'm doing well. Now they're jealous of me. Like, you know, and we're like, okay, we don't want to hire a person like this. So you need to be careful. You need to balance. Um, so I always say everything is a balance. Your your confidence needs to be balanced because mm. overconfidence becomes arrogance. And uh, so um, you need to balance everything that you say. You need to balance even how you project your achievements. Understand that some of the achievements were not, uh, like it was not just up to you. Maybe the circumstances, maybe the situation, the environment or your teams or your manager helped you get there. So you need to give credit where it's due as well. Because we like that. Because that tells us that you you're a team player. You're able to work with people. Wow. Oh, Larado, yeah. where has time gone? Yeah. So thank you so much for um, for making time to chat to to me today. Thank you so much for opening up. Thank you so much for all your knowledge and all your insights. Um, I, I, I've told you this before and I'm going to tell you now, you are really something special and you are going far. And I think one of the things that I can't wait to see you do in is go public with your mentoring go public with your 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 coaching because i've seen the type of post that you will do on facebook where you advise people you do a video you do a post and you give people these nuggets that you've just dropped into this into this episode and i know one day my vision for you is to see you having a platform where you can coach people because it doesn't matter whether you're applying for a job as a graduate or you are applying for a job as an executive you know people always don't know what they don't know and and they need to seek the help and there's people like you who are passionate about their jobs and who are passionate about also seeing other people um, achieve their dreams so that's my wish for you thank you so much thank you thank you thank you for having me uh I'd love to do that. I think I just haven't really explored it much. I'd love don't to. Worry. Into, I, I just don't know where to start in terms of getting it into a wider platform. Definitely so looking forward to that. Thank you so much. Um, this is it for for today's episode. It's quite long, um, but I hope that it was worth the the listen. And if you like um, what you've been hearing, please share it with your friends, your colleagues, um, your family, and just make sure that people get the right information and then they get, um, empowered. Um, Lerato, before you go, where do we find you on social media? If people want to connect with you. Um, I am on LinkedIn as Lerato Malesa and also Facebook as Mancha Lerato <laughs> Quinlira Malesa. So I think if you just mm-hmm. type Larato Quinlira, you'll find me. Um, I, I am on Instagram, but I'm not very active. I think my last post on Instagram was probably months ago. So, and also Twitter, I'm also not really um, um, 
yeah i'm not really active so it's it's facebook and all right no thank you so much um the people will follow you they will find you um they must slide into your dm like i did and stop being shy and ask for help and and stop being desperate and show value so i think if people start connecting with other people and i also encourage the ladies in our network not to be shy about their businesses not picking up or their businesses not going as planned sometimes you just got to pick up yourself and go back to a job <laughs> because it's all about having yep. um yep. making a living and surviving you can't sit in a depressed failed business venture and be in denial the sooner you get up and go back to corporate learn new skills and then you can always pick up yourself again and try i love the fact that lerato you've been through so many ups and downs you've been through so many trying this trying that not working failing and failing forward all the time you failed forward